This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to a special mini-sode of Yield Crime, the show where Maddie and I discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear every Wednesday. This special bi-weekly segment is called Can You Crack the Cramp Word, which is slang for a difficult or obscure term, which I thought was very fitting. And joining me today is Dustin from the Sandman Stories Presents podcast, And before we begin, I'd like to give him a chance to tell us a little more about himself and his podcast before we get started. Welcome back. Well, thank you, Lindsay. It's it's good to be a a repeat customer here. It's it's good to be. I mean, I absolutely love this segment uh, when I'm going through because I'm trying to crack the cramp word along with the person that's that's doing it. And I'm like, what could that be? What could that be? Mm, I think it might be this (laughs) because as, as far as your nerdy friends go. I am one that has multiple can't dictionaries <laughs> on my phone, along with dictionaries. I can see two dictionaries from right here. My show is just me reading stories. Don't listen to the first 50 or so. Because <laughs> I had not gotten my voice yet. I was still trying to. And then we. And I was, I was trying to do too much of the sleepy stuff, but. I'm an educator. I've been reading to kids for 20 years, and I really enjoy telling stories to my students. And so I I brought that love of that to the Sandman Stories Presents. And as I've gotten my voice better and better and my production better and better, I would say jump in around my second Halloween series, and then we're good to go. And my, my Halloween series actually starts up I had to push it back a week for the episode 200, but starting That's next fair. week I, is my Halloween series. Now, this year, I haven't done as much with the soundscape stuff because I got a full-time job teaching at a very low-income school that mm-hmm. is taking most of my time and energy and everything, take, taking everything from me. That's fair. That's fair. But I'm loving it, and I love the kids, and so oh, I'm here, and I'm ready, and I'm excited to be cracking the cramp word. Nice. It's been a while since we last chatted a year ago, and you are now back stateside before you were all the way on the other side of the globe. Yeah, we can be on similar time zones. It's not uh, me waking up I at know. 5 in the morning going, oh, can I crack this cramp word? Mm, maybe. Yeah, I think last time I chatted with you at like 6 a.m. and it was like 8 p.m. your time. Like you had just finished dinner and I'm sitting there with like my coffee. And I was just like, yeah, let's do this. That sounds accurate. 
time exchange was awful. It was bad. That's probably the most extreme one that I've done so far. Typically, up until that point, it's been the UK has been the biggest time exchange that I've done. So, and time zones mess me up, man. They're like, I constantly forget which ones are ahead and which ones are behind. Well, I, I feel bad for one of the podcasts that I listened to uh, called Because Language. The main two hosts are in Australia, but one of the other hosts, so there's three main hosts, Hedvig, Daniel, and Ben. Daniel and Ben are in Australia. Hedvig is in Europe, I think in Germany. And then most of their Patreon members are in America or Europe. And so they've got to figure out a time when they do their Patreon episodes, what time is best for all three <laughs> groups. And this last one, you know, it was it was 3 a.m. for Europe. And they were like, well, if Hedwig joins, she, she joins. If she doesn't, she's asleep. It's okay. Yep. I don't know how like podcasts like that do that because there was another one that I used to listen to. And I think they're still doing stuff a uh, transatlantic crime and so it was one person in the u.s another person in britain and it, it was, yeah and it's like where do you how do you make that work as far as timing goes but i mean people make it work so somehow it's just, that's a whole level of dedication and production that i would not be able to do i know that enough about myself <laughs> to know <laughs> that that would be very difficult for me but hmm. Dustin, you're you're a solo podcaster. I wonder why <laughs> yep. You mentioned, you know, that you cover folktales on your show. Yep. So do you ever have a hard time finding folktales to share with your listeners? Actually, no, because between Internet Archive and Project Gutenberg, between mm -hmm. the two of them, I have hundreds of books with stories that sure. I can go through and, and cover. My main problem is finding certain areas. So I've I've pretty well avoided Europe because it's been covered so much, the Hans Christian Andersen sure. and all that stuff. But I've had a really hard time finding Pacifica stories. So sure. I've found a few books out of Tonga and Hawaii, but they're not written down by the people. They're written down by... You know, it's very common, written down by the, the religious groups that go to proselytize there. Sure. And then instead of having the stories, they've got like fragments of the stories. And then they have a whole bunch of judgment about the people of the island. And I'm like, I'm not interested in your judgments. I want to hear what stories they're telling. And so mm -hmm. I've been really trying to find Tongan, Samoan, Fijian, all sorts of Pacific Island stuff, Maori. And the other part that's really hard is a lot of times they're written and they don't break up the syllables. They don't say which one's the long yeah. vowel or short vowel. And yep. so there's a whole lot of words that I got to go through and research and be like, hey, how do you pronounce this? That happens in the Philippines too, because mm -hmm. I've got Guiguen and Aponibola Nayan and Aponibola Gayan, who's her brother. And the names are, are not easy to cover. And I just, I, I don't have enough resources, but Laura yeah. Gibbs is a professor, Dr. Laura Gibbs. And if you go on her stuff, she's got a whole bunch of stuff with Heithy Trust, with Project Gutenberg, with Internet Archive, all these places where you can find the things. 
And then it's just about getting the public domain stuff because I'm not trying to get sued by people who have copyright. Independent podcasters typically try to not get sued by bigger corporations because we don't make any money, <laughs> typically. So yeah. unless you're there's, very, very there's lucky. No for me. There's no sending money to me. I do this as a free hobby. I just try and get the stories out there. I don't pay in. I don't pay out. Yeah, when you were discussing about the like Pacific Islands and stuff, I wonder if part of the struggle is that so much of their history is like oral and that's and it hasn't been necessarily written down or it's just not public domain type of content. You know yeah, I mean? there's a lot of stuff that's written down in the 50s, 60s and 70s when America colonized Hawaii and deposed their mm-hmm. queen and like that. A lot of stuff got written down then. But that's not public domain. That's whatever author is writing stuff. Whereas the Philippines mm-hmm. were colonized earlier. Pretty much depends on when America colonized you. Yay. Yep. When either America did it or Britain did it. Because, yep. yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've found a lot of stories and I've got a lot of stuff that I'm enjoying. And I'm even going through bookshops here now and finding more stuff. And they'll be in the public domain soon. So I'm, I'm not short of any stories. I've got stories planned through 2025. I just have oh, to wow. do a little bit here and there. I have to put the intro part in. Welcome back, listeners. The Sandman Stories presents a folklore podcast. Yep. And then I've got to go and do the research for where my listeners are coming from. Because I, I do that little bit at the end where I'm like, yeah. all right, this is a shout out to my listeners from Estonia. Yeah. I've noticed that Alan is... Uh, representing uh, 93% of my listeners from Estonia. So here's a little history of Tallinn, and uh, here's a little bit of Estonian for you. Yay. I do enjoy that segment. I think it's really cool that you do that, because as a, a podcaster, it is very cool to go in and look at the analytics and kind of see where people are tuning into your show. Yeah. And some it's fascinating to see just how how wide the reach is to because sometimes you forget that it's like a global thing like anyone can tune in and it's not just people in your neck of the woods 65 percent of my listeners are from the united states but i and and i do shout out the uh, american listeners i'm like okay listeners from ohio this city in ohio traditionally this is so-and-so's land so i'm going to try and say their language and there's a, I think a Canadian website where it says, whose land is this? And it's the traditional yes. of whoever. And you can link to dictionaries. You can link to some of the stuff, but the written records are really sparse. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to say thank you and good night in this language, but I only have thank you and good night is not really something that they say. So I'm going to switch to this other language that's nearby and say good night in that language. And that mm-hmm. ends, up, ends up being usually the, dominant colonizer language so either english or spanish because there's a whole bunch of places in mexico where spanish was not the native language and yeah their spanish there is english for us it's like oh yeah. that's the colonizer language okay canadian website you mentioned is a great resource for yeah. finding what indigenous peoples occupied different sections of the americas like it's really good for when you're honing in on a specific area and you want to like try to find a dictionary that helps you pronounce things in 
the correct way. And it's very difficult, again, to find that kind of information on the online. So having a resource like that is amazing. So kudos to them. And you kind of already kind of answered my last question. Is there a country whose stories you haven't shared yet that you're interested in diving into? Oh, there's, I mean, Pacifica is, is one that I'm really trying to get into because I've got a lot of friends. When I was working in Korea, I had a lot of, they were Australian by passport, but culturally Samoan, Maori, Tongan. And so I'm really trying to get those. And I've got India covered. I've got Korea and China and Japan covered. I would like to get a little bit more Russian stuff. And mm-hmm. I think if I could dip into some more like Romanian stuff, that would be really wonderful. And also mm-hmm. I need to get a few more African resources. So I currently I've got Ghana and Nigeria covered and South Africa. So I've, I've got three African countries right now, but I would like to get some stuff from North Africa. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I bought a North African folklore book, but and through Amazon, but it turns out that the author is just cut and paste and copying stuff. Mm. And there's there's sections of the book. I'm like, okay, this is self-published. Yeah. Really cool. I'm, I'm looking for, because it was Moroccan tales. I'm like, I would love some Moroccan tales. I would love some Tunisian tales. I've got friends from Tunisia. I would love it, but no. And, you know, I'd, I'd like stuff from Uganda. I would like stuff from Rwanda, Zambia. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just naming countries now, but. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, would, keep it going. Just kidding. <laughs> I would love a lot more African stories and South American stories. I've got a series I'm doing from Ecuador right now via Mario Conde, uh, an author that I picked up when I visited Ecuador. I would like to get some Colombian stuff. I would like to go to Venezuela. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff. Central America, geez, Panama, go through Nicaragua, all this stuff. I would love to hear. And that's yes. what Espook Tales. Yes. They cover a lot of that stuff. And so I need to just be bothering them like, hey, 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 yeah. what's a good book? Because I got one from Mexico, but it wasn't really folk tales. It was supposed to be. It was called Cuantos or like like stories, but but it was Project Gutenberg, so it was free. Yeah. But I, I need to I need to do more of that, and I would like to get more Filipino stuff, but without the church view clouding yeah. all of it. I would like to get some more stuff from the people of the mountains, the Tinguian people, just anywhere. I'm I I cracked up at a, a a Greenland one that I'm really excited about. But some of the stories are graphic. Yeah. I got one from the Pacific Northwest. And there's like every story is, and Coyote pooped three poops. And he talked to the poops. Where does this go? What does this do? Can you turn into a kite? And and his poop is into him. And it's like, wow, this is wild. That's, That's Pacific Northwest just over the border into Canada. But also down through America as well. I love the coyote stories. I had a book of the stories of like the native stories of coyote and they were, yeah, it's a lot of poop stuff. I don't know why. I mean, that's that's what they were dealing with. That's, that's what was popular. Yeah. My my favorite one was, was coyote was walking through and he sees a Buffalo skull and he pees on it. 
Adam yeah. walks away, and all of a sudden, a big buffalo comes charging at him, and he's like, what, what? And he's like, you peed on my skull. And I'm like, what am I reading? What is this? Wow, this is wild. Some of them are so bizarre, where you're just like, what am I reading? And you almost wonder if it's like, a f- it almost feels like a fever dream as you're reading it. Like, you're like, what? What is happening right now? But yeah, I do remember having a book of the coyote stories growing up, and I just thought it was hysterical, probably because of all the poop stuff, because I got it when I was younger, and that's hilarious for small children. So. Hello, and welcome to Sandman Stories Presents. This is a podcast where I, Dustin Steigman, read public stories in an effort to either entertain you or put you to sleep. All of the information on the music and sound effects used in the podcast can be found in the show notes. If you want to read along with the stories, visit sandmanstoriespresents.wordpress.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. In this podcast, I hope to bring fairy tales and folk tales from the public domain back into people's lives. The stories that I source are from around the world. My main sources are Project Gutenberg and Wikipedia. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you want to reach me, email me at sandmanstoriespresents at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Well, that's all my questions. So are you ready to try and crack some cramp words? Oh, heck yeah. And, and now that I know that I can ask for it in a sentence, oh yeah, um, I think I can go at least one for two. I think you can get at least one this time. I'm confident. So, your first term is Jack Tar. Jack Tar, I do believe, is a sailor. That's right. It is if, a sailor. If I'm, yeah, because uh, you know, having to tar the deck, and then Jack is just a name for like a guy or a person. So a Jack Tar is the, the guy that's you know tarring the deck and 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 doing all of that. Thank you for hitting me with an easy one. First off, I mean, I mean, not easy for just anybody, but for somebody who actually goes through and reads dictionaries i'm like i think i actually know this one i had a feeling you would know this one and for my listeners i don't like cherry pick the terms i use like a randomizer so i don't want people to think that i'm like rigging it but oh no no i'm i I went one for two on my last one you did i was like what was it the morbs or was it yeah it was like a case of the morbs yeah the morbs. Okay, so yeah, I got one, and then the second one, I was just like, oh, <laughs> I know. But yes, Jack Tar, Jack Tar is one that I know, and that's what you get for playing with somebody who's writing an etymology book for kids. There you go. Well, I don't know how you'll do with the second one, but you might surprise me. So we'll see. So your second term is dropped off the hooks. Dropped off the hooks. Dropped off the hooks. So my first thought is some sort of butcher term where the the flesh is so tender and so delicious that it just drops off the hooks. Or it could be putting up a criminal and, and you know, like putting them up in a cage and, and torturing them and put them on hooks. And then, you know, when they're good and done, they drop off the hooks. But I'm, I'm going to take that. What is it? It's not phone a friend. It's not ask the audience. Can you use it in a sentence? Okay. The trick is coming up with a sentence that doesn't immediately give it away. So let's see if I can I come up with something. So my first thought is boxing. 
And I know that's probably too direct and too right on it, but uh, like dropped off the hook, like getting punched in the face and then and then passing out, but dropped off the hook. I'm going to guess that it, it is some sort of thief slang for having some merchandise and then passing it to somebody else so as to avoid being caught with with contraband. Okay. You actually guessed it at one point at the beginning. The box one? No, the deceased person one. So dropped off the hook is what they would say of a person who, after being suspended on hooks, after getting drawn and quartered for being a traitor or a felon, when they fall off the hooks as their body decomposes. That's what that term comes from. I'm going to count that as two for two. I You you did guess it because, I mean, you didn't list it as your final answer, but you did guess it. So. And that's what, that's when, you know, go with your gut, go with your gut. Yeah. Well, no, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe. But I'm like, yeah, you know, somebody drops off the hook. They're, they're put up on the hooks and then. Because yeah, when... they did do that. There was a lot of putting people in cages, putting heads on yep. pikes. Yep. I can't imagine the smell when you got heads on pikes over the london bridge or the tower not sorry not the london bridge the power Tower bridge yeah and yeah it's on pikes and it's got a smell oh man yeah it like reminds me of game of thrones where they'd have them lining the road up into the city of all the like traitors and stuff and yeah that's gotta smell awful like i can't even imagine it's bad enough when i drive past roadkill yeah, like, can you imagine the birds that would be all over the place and like the the wilds eating and pooping and in a morbid sense, it would be good for hunting to like if you're trying to lure in, you know, like wolves and stuff for their pelts, but it's a gross thing to think about. <laughs> all around, it's gross. It's pretty disgusting. Saying, you you pretty much well, is it prostitution? Is it boxing? Is it dead people? <laughs> <laughs> is it thievery? You know, you like, you went yeah. the whole gambit. Well, you were the second person to go two for two. Nancy, you're going small. I, apparently I am. Do you want to go, do you want a bonus round to see if you can go three for three? Yeah. Heck All right. yeah. All right. Let me get my handy dandy. Uh, you're asking a hardcore nerd if he would like to go for a third one. Your third term is stall your mug. Stall your mug. I'm going to say it's, you know, STFU. Because uh, your mug is your face coming from the practice of making mugs that have people's faces on them. And stall means like stop or halt. So that's my best guess is... STFU. I, I, I don't know if this is a safe for work podcast or not, but you can swear. But yeah, essentially, it means go away. It's spoken sharply by anyone who wishes to get rid of a troublesome or inconvenient person. What are you doing? You were like ruining my game. You're like. <laughs> uh, just because I, I know that mug <laughs> is slang for a face because of the the. Having the mugs with the faces on them, yep, um, the grotesque mugs, and then stall like, <laughs> like stop, yeah. Oh so my th- god! That's the first thing that came to mind was shut the fuck up, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yep. 
Well, I'm going to stop yeah. because I don't want to keep, I mean, we could do this forever. Honestly, <laughs> we could be here all night. Oh my God. Three for three. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take an L on the second one because I, I, I went with the right answer and then I, and then I had like four or five other answers. So any That's one of them fair. could have been right. So I'll just That's say I, I went two for three. I'm not perfect, but I did do pretty well because I do read like dictionaries. A, like <laughs> 48 thieves can't or something like that. There, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. On Gutenberg, where it's like dictionary of vulgar slang. I think gross is one of them. G R O S E. Mm-hmm. And there's another one. But that's where it was like to box the bishop and get cockroaches. Yes, yes. Is, oh is one of my favorites. So good. Where it's you know slang for masturbation at sea by the sailors that you know <laughs> box the bishop and get cockroaches. I'm like, what? <laughs> who just who just drops this in regular language? Yeah, like, and who comes up with these things? Like to the point where it became a common enough thing that they included it in a dictionary. That's the thing that gets me. Well, on that note. I would like to thank Dustin for joining me tonight for Can You Crack the Cramp Word? And before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and when new episodes of your show come out? Sure. Uh, episodes come out 7.30 a.m. every Thursday morning. So Derek, a.k.a. Rashani, a.k.a. Ratchet Book Club can get his morning drive audio in. And you can find me. I don't know. I'm trying to use Twitter less. Yeah. I'm on threads. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Instagram. Pretty much if you look for Sandman Stories Presents, I'm somewhere. I'm easy to be found. I don't post a whole lot. Pretty much just when a new episode comes up or when I like somebody else's episode. But Sandman Stories Presents is my email at gmail.com. And I always encourage people to send me links to stories from their culture, folklore stuff, any sort of resources and requests are always welcome. If you want to hear stories from your area, please let me know. I would be honored to give voice to them. Well, thank you again. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay, and I'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.